4: Charpy Podcast, Gary Trust Billboard, Senior Director of Charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. Trevor, you ready to rock? Uh, I didn't, didn't hey, Why is rock the only format you can say that? Why is it ready to rock or let's rock and roll? You can't say that with any other genre. You can't say let's country, let's reggae.
2: Because, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's an energy, there's a feeling, there's a mood that comes with rock and roll. So I feel like, you know, I like yeah it's like it's like are you yeah i mean rock you can like literally like rock something like rock the you know rock shake the building that you're in so rock is a very versatile word you know let's polka. you would want to polka, but but no 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 let's dance
4: let's dance let's dance well, we're talking rock this week, uh, going to do a deep dive into the state of rock with a couple of repeat guests, Haley Jones, director of radio for Nielsen Music, and John Miller, head of audience insights for Nielsen Audio, uh, along with our own Billboard Rock Chart manager, Kevin Rutherford, uh, joining as well. We talk uh, all things rock, rock radio ratings, which subgenres of rock are doing especially well, and a question that just always seems to come up, especially as hip-hop uh, continues to uh, have such a bigger share of hits. Uh, is rock dead so uh, we're going to ask uh, the question that, that just comes up a lot and uh, I think we're going to find out that there, there's a lot of good things uh, in rock uh, behind the numbers so uh, we'll get to that let's talk all things rock with Haley, John and Kevin on the Billboard Charpie Podcast Haley Jones, John Miller welcome back to the Billboard Charpie Podcast yay thank you happy to be here <laughs> So we're going to go over uh, all things State of Rock here in 2019 uh, as it pertains to streaming and sales and radio airplay. Uh, I feel like we kind of have to start with what has kind of become a narrative uh, in recent times. Uh, I'm just going to put it right out there. Is Rock dead?
1: Absolutely not.
5: No. The radio ratings data and we have the streaming data. So it's not dead. It's being used more than ever before. And it's actually been growing the last few years, depending on where you look.
6: Uh, I'm always curious to know uh, from different perspectives, why do you think people say that it is dead? Because that is something that we hear quite a bit from various um, people on the Internet, The um, whether it's on social media or just like when you talk to someone just on the street and they say, you know, I'm not a big rock anymore I feel like rock is dead. Rock isn't doing anything anymore. Why do you think people say that?
1: Uh, I think it's a couple of things. I think because of the rise of hip-hop, quite frankly, and I think hip-hop has kind of been the talk of the town, because if you look at the streaming data, then certainly the streaming data will show you um, hip-hop is taking, what, 30% share or more of all of the streaming year to date, or even the streaming in 2018. Um, But they're not telling you the whole story. I think the uh, the second piece of that is that kind of a lack of new, really phenomenal rock music that's cutting through.
5: And from a radio ratings perspective, we know that classic rock has been and continues to be you know, a a very popular format. It's the sixth most popular format. You know, it's the biggest rock format if you look at share of audience on a national basis. And as classic rock continues to develop and change and play newer music, you know, as as opposed to what you traditionally thought of classic rock music, it continues to attract more and more younger audiences. But behind the scenes, something else that's been happening surrounds Alternative. And if you look at the last couple of years, really you know twenty eighteen and this year, we've seen alternative as a format uh, tick up. We've seen shares increase, we've seen more stations sign on, especially in some larger markets. We can have a whole other side discussion about you know some of the big markets in the u s that for years, you know didn't have a viable alternative station or things like that. Uh, but the the data is what it is. if you look at the last couple of years. Alternative has been having a pretty good stretch. In fact, one of its best stretches that we've seen in, I would say, a decade for alternative. So, for all those reasons, rock is not dead.
2: You know, I was kind of thinking about this um, when it came across the webinar as well, and I wondered—I don't know if there's any hard data to support this—and if you guys have it, that would be fantastic. But is rock music—is—is is it sort of more um, an individual or sort of private experience in the sense that? People may listen to it a lot, you know, in their cars or in their houses, but sort of, you know, hip hop and, and pop are more, I don't know, sort of communal experiences like 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 at parties or at I mean, obviously, a lot of memes and social media is like driven around those kind of songs. Is that sort it? Of, could that be some something about sort of the disconnect of you think that hip hop and pop are more popular because you see them in more populated spaces, if that makes sense?
1: I don't know that that's it. I mean, for me, and like, John, maybe you could talk a little bit how in in the summertime, we certainly see an uptick in rock music. To me, when I'm out at barbecues and those social experiences, really what I hear are those um, older, the the classic rock songs. To me, those are still sort of the soundtrack of a lot of, uh, not every, by the way. Certainly there are a couple where you hear a lot of hip hop music. Um, But I think social experiences for me. I still hear a lot of familiar, trusted music that stands the test of time, rather than new music that not everyone knows.
5: In the summer, we definitely see an uptick in rock listenership, and it's across the board. It's most of the rock formats. Active and mainstream tend to be stronger in the summer. Alternative is stronger in the summer, and classic rock is definitely stronger in the summer. In fact, we do something here at Nielsen where we you know, look at the summer months compared to the rest of the year. And we talk about, you know, what formats having the biggest upswing this year. And for the last four or five years, it's either been classic rock or classic hits. And we know the classic hits shares a decent amount with classic rock. So the point that Haley made earlier, I think is really sound Uh, in the summer, people definitely gravitate to rock music. And in, in the radio landscape, In the last decade or so, we've seen a lot of other things being done in radio. We've seen the influence of hip hop. We've seen what pop has done. We see what country has done. Uh, Rock has sort of always been there. And I, I think part of our consciousness is we got a little bit away from that. We started the webinar talking about that. You know, rock is dead. People think rock is dead. Rock's generally always been there, and it's generally been a very successful format, but it might have been overshadowed by some of the other things that have happened, not just in radio, but in streaming. Um, but again, the data backs it up. Um, in fact, you know, it's August 15th right now. I would expect when we see the numbers from this month, they're going to be strong for classic rock and alternative and other rock formats.
4: Yeah, the one other point I'll make on that, uh, not to keep uh, uh, focusing on this uh, solely, but I, I th- I feel like part of it is we just don't see this, the same rock crossover hits like uh, we used to. Certainly yeah, you know, from the entire start of the rock era through through the 80s with hits like Jump, Van Halen and Def Leppard, it was just a uh, complete uh, – pretty much equal part of the pop landscape and into the 90s obviously, into the 2000s, it feels like this decade other than uh, certain crossovers here and there. But uh, if you look at Top 40 now, it's basically you know, Panic of the Disco. And that's, that's about it. And that's very poppy rock. It just kind of feels like a, from a crossover, a Top 40 radio, a top of the Hot 100 standpoint, we, we just don't see that same crossover. So maybe that plays into that thinking too that, yeah, it's all hip-hop. It's all pop. Rock doesn't have that same high profile when, it, uh, when you look at the overall current hit picture.
6: You might get one, maybe two at one time. Right. In terms of a rock crossover, Um, it's not like, you know, pop, obviously, where you might get quite a few hip hop, quite a few, even country, quite a few. Sometimes it's rock might have that one (laughs) and then and then we move on to the next one.
1: You know, you guys are bringing up a really good point over time. That's really um, um, become a much smaller piece of the rock pie. And those records are not crossing over and they're not being shared in it. They've become a little bit harder, a little bit more niche and a little bit more in that little tiny corner of the rock world. Whereas before it seems like they were more mass appeal.
5: Right. It's also worth pointing out. We've watched, you know, top 40, top 40 radio, what we call pop CHR, uh, has been in decline the last three years. And there's a lot of reasons behind that, but, Um, there's been a lot written about and talked about even on this podcast. We've talked about it before with you when we talked about pop Uh, the music cycle and what's being played on top 40 has changed in the last couple of years. And so all of that, I think goes into part of that perception. You know, we may not be hearing as many rock acts on top 40 as we used to. Maybe they're not being served there or they're not being produced in the right way to, to match a top 40 audience. But the bottom line is as top 40 radio has declined in recent years, rock has come up. That may be a correlation, it might be coincidence, but that's what the data says.
1: Thinking of the couple of records over the last few months that have crossed over, Imagine Dragons is probably one rock band that's definitely made top 40, but also like thinking of number one alternative record today, Billie Eilish. You should see me in the crowd, I'm gonna there's to help. I guess we could have the conversation with that alternative to begin with. Or maybe just the sound of alternative has really morphed over time, too. But Billie Eilish is certainly all over Top 40 and Shade, that trampoline song, crossing over to Top 40. So right. there are a few. Yeah. Yeah.
6: You well, know, and a lot of them started at alternative. You know, Billie Eilish, right. you know, a lot of people don't realize that necessarily, but she was getting played with You Should See Me in a Crown and out of songs like that on alternative well before Bad Guy. And when the party's over, started taking over. You had a pop world, it's like, oh, and it, I guess that's kind of similar to Lord a couple years ago as well, where you know, alternative broke Lord, and then Lord became a pop star. Um, but alternative can kind of still be that sort of proving ground, but it doesn't necessarily. As we've seen the last couple of years, make it a rock song necessarily, because alternative, as you said, has gotten you know morphed and morphed, and it's gotten more and more pop, more and more dance. I mean, you know, you have someone like Marshmallow making you know songs that are alternative now. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, that would be probably unheard of, but nowadays it's not that weird. You know, alternative is just kind of a place right. where you can go and you know put and see what sticks sometimes, and sometimes it works out, and then you have someone like Billie Eilish.
1: You know, something I think about all the time when I think about rock music is it just that pop culture has changed so much. I mean, when rock really started to make an impression, I think of the early 70s, kind of that uh, social movement that happened where rock really spoke for change. And right. I mean, all of those images at least come to my mind. And I think today uh, it's hip hop music that might be making those sort of political, social statements. Like pop culture has just changed a little bit, so I don't know if there's something in that that you guys have thought about, or. But I'm always sort of fascinated about the sociology of, of what's happening. I, mean,
6: I think that's fair, especially you know, thinking off the top of my head in terms of what music I might be hearing on a basic alternative station right now. I'm not necessarily hearing too many, if any, you know, protest records. Am I hearing a right. lot of stuff that's necessarily anything different than? You know, either whether it's a love song or it's a, you know, get out of my room mom song, stuff like that, whatever. Um, there's not necessarily something that's really necessarily promoting a whole ton of social change. And again, that's not a blanket statement, but uh But you're not getting that YG fuck Donald Trump, you know nah. kinda, you know <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. not well, not very often. My-
1: And certainly, there are a lot of parallels with what's happening in the world between, I think, uh, what was going on in the early '70s, or that as there are today, right? I mean, it's it's a tumultuous time, or at least I hear people who make a lot of parallels. Say, I wasn't necessarily of age to know exactly what was happening at that time, but I, the people that I know that are, talk about how similar it is. But anyway, I don't mean to get too into politics, but I do think music is a is um. A reaction music is our way of participating, yes, of what's happening in the world, right?
6: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like, you know, in terms of rock music, we haven't had that type of song that's really captured the attention of people in this era. You know, if people are pissed off, you know, politically or, or, or whatever,
4: is it going back to Green Day, maybe? Back yeah, I mean, pretty much in
6: the last, you know, Green Day certainly is. A big one and um you know there was there were some others kind of you know post 9-11 for instance but uh you know more recently there's not really been that one song that people kind of look at and they're like oh man did you did you hear what this you know such and such rock act said about this person and now it's like on the radio and it's huge it's you know there's certainly songs if you seek it out but it's not they're not streaming hits at the very least
4: and if you go back to uh, Dixie Chicks at Country too, I'm sure part of it is uh, 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 it's more uh, chains. Uh, radio stations are owned by big companies. It's probably a lot easier to not take a chance and just not. Worry yourself with something that could be controversial.
1: Well, for me, like, I remember listening to ACDC records, right? And my mom, like, Highway to Hell, and my mom coming in and, like, ripping the vinyl off of my record player <laughs> and saying, you can't listen to that stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, I get, if I think about that today, what are parents getting really upset about? It's probably hip-hop. It's not rock. It's bigger than just a political statement. I mean, um, you said something earlier, Trevor. It, it is, it's sort of that, that, the sound of the youth of youth today, um, I don't know that I have all the answers in that, but it's something that I think about all the time. Like, who's really making those records, or who's speaking for what's happening in our world today? Who's talking about change? And I, I don't know that that's rock music. I think that's why people say rock is dead.
2: I mean, that makes sense, but I also wonder, and I don't, I have no idea. Is there any sense because everyone on this? conversation is much more of a rock expert than than i would never claim to be but is there any sense of you know who the composition of a lot of these rock bands are and i'm in in terms of you know that sociological lens like i know and we may get into this in a little bit um you know rock is a very uh has a very strong midwest presence and i wonder you know when you look at people like like if you look at the hip-hop acts or you look at even like a taylor swift and what she's doing with you need to calm down and you sort of map what, what people think the issues are that need to be addressed are, are a lot of the rock bands, you know, do they, do they seem to come from more of those uh, moderate or, you know, conservative circles and places where maybe they don't think, you know, they need to necessarily speak out because they're, you know, not to put words in anyone's mouth, but, you know, those issues aren't necessarily the ones that are affecting them or most, you know, pressing to them. And instead, you know, it's questions about, you know, racial politics, and that's where hip hop really can come through, or Taylor Swift, and what she's doing for LGBT. Is that, you know, maybe is that possible? I, I don't
5: know. Well, I can tell you that on the other end of that, which is where are people consuming it? You know, where do you have sort of these rock hubs for radio listening? We talked about that in our webinar. It's generally the Northeast and the Midwest. And there were five cities actually in the Midwest that sort of stood out because they had some of the top performers uh, that we judged on, you know, in multiple formats. Uh, it was places like Minneapolis and Indianapolis and Kansas city and Tulsa. So I'm not, and I'm not able to answer the first part of your question, which is, is the makeup of the band and sort of, you know, the ethic of the band matching that. But from a consumption standpoint, at least on the radio That's where we're seeing the biggest, most intense rock listening is in those places, the Midwest and the Northeast.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role.
4: And John, uh, if we're going to be saying that Rock is not dead at all, you've got uh, radio ratings really uh, support that, right? Last five years, radio ratings uh, for Rock are, are really up pretty well.
5: Right, exactly. In fact, the share of audience, you know, we know that there's a lot going on in terms of music consumption right now. We know that streaming is having a big impact and radio is, of course, you know, the hub of of people's music use. It's still the biggest reach platform in America. It reaches more people than anywhere, anywhere else. Um, yet things are changing, you know, fragmentation is happening. And the reason I bring that up is if you look at the share of audience, which is the way that we judge it um, and the way a lot of radio programmers judge it, when we put together the rock bucket and it was, you know, all the big formats that report classic rock, alternative, A, active rock, AOR and mainstream. And when you bucket those together and you look at not just the amount of people that are listening, but the share of audience, everywhere you look, the share is up. So the, the share that rock is drawing from the U S radio audience has increased, uh, over the last five years. So, yeah, that speaks right to, to the statement about, you know, the data, the ratings do not back up this myth that rock is dead because we've got more people listening than previously. And the share that rock is taking out of the radio listening pie has also increased.
6: But Something that's interesting about that to me, though, is that um, I, I think you mentioned on the, the webinar that even mm-hmm. though, you know, it's up across the board, in terms of who has the most share of radio stations um, across the country the answer to that in, tr- in terms of rock is classic rock and um mm-hmm. and not just that but then you look at say the more current based ra- rock stations like a alternative a mainstream rock a AAA, and then you look at their breakdown of gold or catalog versus current and you know it might be something like I think it might have been 75 percent on mainstream rock was, you know, catalog or gold versus 15 or 25%. I can do the math, uh, 25% that's actually, mm-hmm. you know, kind of newer music. And then you look at streaming mm-hmm. too and it gets even more so in terms of like catalog versus new. It's a very wide disparity and I just wonder what y'all think about that in terms of is it more – is classic still seems to kind of have a hold on rock in terms of consumption and – um I'm wondering why you guys think that is.
5: It does, and, and Haley, this is your lane. But mm-hmm. if you just look at the at the streaming numbers, current versus catalog, all the rock formats are just are so heavily towards catalog, and I think that helps to explain why classic rock is is so successful um, on the radio. You know, there are six hundred classic rock stations in the United States. There's a classic rock station everywhere. You know, almost every market has mm-hmm. a classic rock station. Then you drop down to alternative and AAA and formats like that, and it's you know half the number of stations. You know, alternative, the second most successful rock format, has half the number of stations that classic rock does. Um, so there is certainly something to this uh, catalog idea that people, when they want to hear rock, and certainly when they want to stream rock, you know, look at those numbers, Haley, that you showed. You know, ninety percent of the hard rock genre is catalog, eighty-five of rock is catalog, eighty of alternative is catalog. So it's really yeah. tipped in that direction.
1: Well, and it's, it's, to me, the answer to this is simple. Those are records that stand the test of time. I mean, if you look year to date, uh, just on-demand streaming, year to date, Queen, most second most streamed artist. Beatles, fifth most streamed artist. Um, so, again, just songs that stand the test of time, whereas today I think there are, sure, there are a lot of really big hits, but they're more disposable and I, I
6: kind of want something I thought about with regards to that. Do you think part of the reason that the catalog titles do make up such a share, you know, if you look at our rock streaming songs chart on Billboard, for instance, and see all of these older titles uh, continuing to rise, uh, do you think part of that's because older, the old kind of older generations, you know, maybe 50 plus are coming to streaming nowadays, you know, they're getting an Alexa in their homes, they can go sit here and they can say, hey, Alexa, play, you know, Beatles playlist, whatever, I don't know. Uh, Do you think that's part of it, too, the fact that streaming is becoming more accessible to maybe an older demographic? And because of that, the rise of something like Credence Clearwater Revival, which we see a lot of streams for, for instance, uh, is starting to overtake someone like, let's say, Lovely the Band, who's more of a new act
1: right um yeah i think that's part of it but i also think it's a myth to to think it's only older people that are streaming classic rock music um i mean if you look at streaming early on queen and the beatles and some of like the huge acdc ccr some coldplay even and i know coldplay is a newer example but not necessarily with new music today coldplay's still in the top 10 all of those artists ever since we've been keeping track of streaming have been doing just as well as they're doing today. And I think I could make a case that in the beginning when we were studying streaming, we were looking at mostly young people. Today, I think we're looking at everybody. More and more older people are adapting to streaming, but I think it's the young people that are consuming this phenomenal... They're they're just... It's great music. Who doesn't like the Beatles?
5: By the way, the summer upticks that we've been talking about, where we see classic rock peak in the summer every year... A part of that's driven by younger listening. It's driven by, you know, millennials, 18 to 24, 18 to 34. You know, the numbers for classic rock in the summer uh, jump, especially among younger demos. So there's something to that.
4: One of the other things, too, is that uh, catalog over current is so big for rock uh, because there just there is so much catalog. And you said, hey, Leah, how good, how much it stands the test of time. But it's it's also there's just it goes back further than than some other genres. So it just it has that advantage.
1: And I think to that point, that's where you really see the long tail. When you start to look under the hood of let's, let's just use hip-hop, or we could use pop, too, as, as an example, versus rock. When you look at hip-hop or pop, it's less song streaming more. When you look at rock, it's more song streaming less. So, again, that's sort of the, the long tail theory, because there's so much great music that really has stood the test of time. Rock really is making it's the second most streamed genre, whether that's year to date this year, whether you're looking at all of 2018. It continues to be the second most streamed genre right behind hip hop uh, and even before pop. Um, but when you look under the hood, the usage cases are a little bit different. And I think it's because of what you just said. There are all, there's a lot of great songs.
4: Yeah, I feel like that stat might surprise people. Hip-hop, at 30% of all streams. Rock is second. About half that, 16%. But yeah, it's higher than pop at 13%. And then there's nothing over 10%. Latin, country, nothing else. So it's hip-hop, 30%. Rock, 16 Pop, 13%. I, uh, yeah, that's that's a sign that, that rock's not dead. Mm-hmm.
5: And there's such a disparity uh, between just the, the, the width of the catalog. You know, we're talking about... 50-plus years of rock music versus, you know, hip-hop, which has not been around near as that long. So um, that's an interesting stat to consider when you look at the proportion of what people stream.
6: Yeah, not even just that, like in terms of the proportion, and just sheer amount each week of what, you know, let's look at a rundown of like albums that come out in a given week. The majority probably are rock. I mean, that's just, you know, you just look at the sheer just amounts that's still being made Whether it's breaking through or not is a whole other story. But, you know, versus maybe a pop record, there might be way more rock out there.
1: Agreed. Good point.
4: Uh, 75% of music fans engage with rock. That's a really high uh, level. Uh, I I like that you get into – I feel like this was surprising. Uh, Rock fans are about half male, half female. You might just tend to think "Eh, guys like rock. But from what uh, you see, it's pretty much split down the middle.
1: I thought that was super interesting. And especially when we look at radio, John, you could pipe in. Um most radio most rock radio stations are geared at men. And certainly yes. when we go out and we do this music three sixty study where we talk to people all over the country and we say, Hey, do you like rock music? And those people, eighty percent of everyone we talked to said they do like rock music. And yes, fifty percent of the people that said they like it are women.
5: Yeah, and that that uh, differs from what we see on the radio, the top performers are 75 male, 25 female. And Haley said it, it's, it's, you know, that's a legacy sort of thing. It's been always programmed and image that way. Um, so on the radio, it's generally, uh, you know, a, a male driven format, but when you stream, it's everybody, it's everybody.
6: I'm curious, um, with that breakdown, have you ever been able to notice any trends or differences between, uh, men and women, Um, what they're streaming in the rock world? Like maybe it changes. Maybe someone's listening to Imagine Dragons while someone's listening to more 21 Pilots, for instance.
5: I can tell you this. Classic rock and active and mainstream, those two formats are both 75, 25, male to female. But alternative is more like 60, 40. So it's a little different. Alternative is more female than its older counterparts.
2: Uh, Kind of taking it back to what stations are... Sort of overperforming for their um, for their genre in their markets. We talked mm-hmm. a lot about you said a lot of, lot of stations in the Northeast doing well in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. I know there's a few in Texas, um, one in Seattle, but but for the other swath of the country in the South, in the West, I mean, do you have any you know sort of good news to bring to those kind of programmers, or do they really just look at their landscape and you know it's it's country, it's hip hop, and I mean, what kind of good news is there, if any, that you can bring to to that? population.
5: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and th- this is not to say the data we showed this doesn't mean there's not good rock stations in the southwest or in the south. We simply looked at buckets of markets. The way we do it to keep it fair is we say all right, in the top 20 markets for example, you know, which rock stations have the highest share and then in markets 20 through 40. So we we break it up by market size in order to keep it uh fair and when you do that that this is what comes out that's the the data we showed in the webinar so these are just some of the stations that have performed above the others but there are plenty of rock stations and plenty of other markets that are doing well that might even be leading their market um they're just not as highly ranked when you compare them to some of the classic ones and some of the top performers. So, just want to clarify that when we talk about those top performers, it's not saying this is it and everyone else, you know, is is playing catch up and it doesn't isn't any good. It's just we're trying to find the stations that over-index, so to say. You know, what stations over-index compared to similar stations in similarly sized
1: markets. That's the way we do it. And some of that could just be due to competition in the market. I mean, there's a lot of factors to take into consideration.
4: Looking forward new music discovery, we've been talking a lot about classic rock, but uh, there's good news that for the future of uh, the rock uh, genre in terms of all sides of rock. The uh, Rock fans still love to discover new music, and it's, it's mostly from radio, but maybe it's a good sign, too, that it's just barely ahead of streaming. So streaming is really catching up to how uh, rock fans discover new music as well.
1: You're right, but when you look at that a little bit more carefully, like, so 44% of people still say they're discovering new music over the air from their favorite radio station, but also there was 26% that said they're discovering new music uh, on the stream of their favorite radio station. So if you add those two numbers together, I think rock radio really still is kind of leading the pack over the online um, outlets, the streaming providers, Um, but I think it's catching up. And I, you know, I think that's something all radio needs to think about all the time, is there are a lot of options today as far as how people are discovering or consuming music.
6: Yeah, I, I think that's fair because you look at, say, our, our Hot Rock Songs chart, for instance, which takes into account sales, streaming in, radio airplay. And in a lot of cases, songs that we see rising there tend to the first break on radio, and then people find them out, you know, through that lane or and then it gets bigger from there and then lo and behold suddenly they're a top 10 hit on the hot rock songs chart whereas maybe they entered at 50 rather than starting off strong and then kind of maintaining like a, you know, some of the big heavy hitters do. Um what I'm curious about is, you know, if that's the case, but you know, you've got someone who wants to say you're a rock act that wants to kind of break but doesn't have maybe the, you know, push to be able to kind of go onto radio. In your opinion, how do you think they can leverage streaming in the best way possible as a rock band these days in order to actually kind of make it?
1: (laughs) Oh, the magic question, the million dollar question. (laughs) Um, You know, I'm going to go back to make make a great song. I think that's always the answer. I mean, to me, I've seen great great songs at the end of the day can still cut through.
6: Have you seen any period. specific success stories in the last couple of years, in your opinion, um, in terms of the alternative world that, you know, were able to kind of use streaming in a more kind of interesting way than maybe their peers are?
1: Billie Eilish clearly is like ginormous, but I also feel like Billy Eilish is a little bit of an anomaly, right? Mm-hmm. When you compare Billy Eilish records to other alternative records, there's – she's by far number one. I mean, just – in, in any given market, for example, she might stream five hundred thousand or six hundred thousand times that week, and the next artist down might you know jump to fifty thousand. Like there's a <laughs> huge. So to me, Billie Eilish almost isn't the fair, and I think people would will uh, be yelling at their computer while they're listening to this podcasting. But she's not alternative. <laughs> I mean, that's something that I hear all, all the time, right? People are people are arguing over over which bucket we put artists into. And to me, alternative has always stood for something even bigger than rock. Alternative is like different. And Billy, I certainly, to me anyway, fits that different bucket. Mm-hmm. And and doesn't fit perfectly into any one genre. And I feel like the lines between the genres are getting more and more blurred, which to me is a good thing. Um, but, but it's, a, it's interesting. That, that's always when I bring up Billy Idol when we're talking about alternative. People always say to me, "But that's not alternative; it's pop." Or they try to put it somewhere else. Uh,
4: you talk about alternative radio, and uh, as you just said, Haley, playing. Uh uh, living up to its name, being alternative. And I think when you think historically of alternative, y- you think that maybe you have the image and, and maybe you think uh, all formats and radio used to be uh, DJ coming in, playing whatever he wants. And we know that radio is not uh, like that, hasn't been for, for decades. Uh, does alternative in some ways feel t- uh, to you kind of program like just about any other format at this point that uh, it's it's play the hits rotations are pretty set it's not like uh even though the spirit of alternative might be oh wow we just uh, discovered this brand new song let's just uh let's just put it on uh, immediately is it is it pretty much research like any other genre uh, at this point and with so much more competition uh, for audio at this point that uh alternative probably has to be that way more
1: i'm gonna say yes and no to that yes It is the the competitive landscape of radio, period, is such that you need to play a lot of hits. Um, And I think that's true with radio across the board, by the way, or you're just going to get buried. Um, But the other thing I'll say about Alternative, I'll offer about Alternative, is it's still the format that's putting on brand-new artists. It's not waiting for our record to become big somewhere else before it starts playing it. I mean, we've talked a lot about Billie Eilish today, but I think we could talk about The Head and the Heart. I think we could talk about Dominic Fike. I think we could talk about Lana Del Rey. I think we could talk about who first played Panic at the Disco or the Lumineers. There are a lot of of, of artists where they definitely got their start at Alternative Radio. So I think that's part of Alternative's job is to be fearless when it comes to breaking new artists. And they are still doing that. I, I don't think it's fair to to not give them credit for that.
4: And along those lines, a format we haven't talked too much about, but I know it's really close to your heart, Haley, because you were programming an adult alternative station uh, before you got to Nielsen. Uh, Especially this decade as we get towards uh, wrapping things up for the decade, so many of the biggest artists uh, of the 2010s started at adult alternative, Adele, uh, Mm -hmm. Mumford & Sons. It really uh, maybe sometimes doesn't get the same shine as as other uh, sides of rock, but uh, in terms of where acts start and then wind up a huge adult alternative uh, really has that down.
1: Yeah, good point. I, at least a decade ago, um, if a record company had a record, again we could argue that Adele's not necessarily rock, but you're right. Adele did get it started at AAA. I feel like the, the the path they would go down would be to start a record at AAA, take it to alternative, and then take it to pop, and that was sort of tried and true. The other thing that I love about AAA, um, adult alternative format, and the alternative format is it is still possible for a programmer not necessarily to wait for a record company to bring them an artist, but for a programmer to fall so in love with a record that they discover it on their own, whether that's a local band, to start playing it on their radio station enough so that the record company gets wind of it and then actually takes it and starts to make it bigger. And we've seen that happen time and time again. Um, and it's still happening today. Um, and, and I know the next question is going to be like, great, give me an example. Um, <laughs> I don't have.
6: <laughs> yeah, I can think of one right now. It's happening right now in, in terms of like Matt Mason's cringe, which was a big hit um, on AAA first. And now it's uh, immediately basically when it's run at AAA was done. It's like, OK, now let's go to alternative. Yeah.
4: I feel like if you look at, especially you, uh, Kevin, as you uh, you manage all our rock charts, but uh, I feel like if you look at adult alternative playlists, that's maybe the format where you'll see uh, the most difference. Uh, it's, mm. it's, uh, two stations could be on the same panel, but they'll look really different. You don't really see that in other formats as much. Yeah,
6: and not just that, but just – and, and <laughs> Haley can speak this very, very much so, but like not just in terms of different playlists amongst you know, different stations, but even just a single station might be a microcosm of – Like seven different genres you know you might see something more hard rock like let's say the this new Ed Sheeran song with Bruno Mars and um, Chris Stapleton but then you might also see more of a classic soul kind of in the lane of Leon Bridges or sort of what Nathaniel Rateliff is doing you might see a straight-up alternative song you might see a folk song like a Brandi Carlile you know there's just a lot of stuff there To the point where it's very hard to define sometimes, (laughs) I think, because (laughs) you just like we talked about Adele earlier too. Adele was on there, you know, you just in terms of what can work on AAA, it it's it's very, very wide.
1: It's the beauty of AAA radio to me that, you know, if if I land in any I travel a lot now for work. If I land in any one city, you know, the pop station, for the most part, sounds the same as the pop station here in San Francisco where I live. Um, not true for AAA. And by the way, not necessarily true for alternative either. That I really appreciate. Like, most AAA stations and, and many alternative stations feel like their market. Like, if I go to Seattle and I tune in the end, uh, one of the best alternative stations in the country, it makes me feel like I'm in Seattle. Um, and I don't know that I get that same vibe or that same hit off of every hip hop station or every pop station when I go, when when I travel. And I think that's the beauty to me of of uh, both formats.
4: All right. Always fun to uh, break down formats. So you guys do it uh, with such, uh, such insights. So always appreciate it. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks for having us.
5: Guys, thank you. Always a pleasure. We enjoy doing these and we're looking forward to the next one.